Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power, brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Fear not, Homer. I am your spirit guide. There is a lesson you must learn. If it's about laying off the insanity peppers, I'm way ahead of you. No, I speak of a deeper wisdom. And I would... Hey! Knock it off! Sorry, I am a coyote. Spirit guides. They're as an elusive a concept as they are a ubiquitous one, at least in the new, new age. The Spirit Guides hashtag has been used almost 450,000 times with tons of variations. And you might even hear the term dropped in your yoga class or in your online sound bath. So what the heck are Spirit Guides? Well, that really depends who you ask. I'm Jericho Mandiba, and this is Beyond Belief. According to encyclopedia.com, spirit guides are non-human or human entities that reside in the spiritual realm and make wisdom available to the living. They take a variety of forms, including guardian angels, animal or nature spirits, elves and fairies, saints and ascended masters, and ancestors or descendants who have crossed over to the spiritual realm. That's a pretty broad list. And how did it get so broad? Well, part of the reason is that it's a belief with age-old universal appeal, and it pops up in one form or another across a variety of cultures, and it's closely tied to ancestor worship. In ancient Greece, daemons, not to be confused with straight-up demons, were lesser deities, guiding spirits sometimes seen as the souls of deceased men and women who visited people and gave them advice and wisdom. Even Socrates had one that frequently warned him against taking certain actions, like a little whisper in his ear. Spirit guides have similarly played an important role in indigenous spirituality around the world. The Tenino people of the US, for example, traditionally sent their young people into the wilderness at night to find their guardian spirits. For the Oglala Sioux people, a deep relationship with one's spirit guides is formed through lengthy periods of fasting on sacred lands. And just as we learned in our Psychic Medium episode about speaking to dead people, the founding of the spiritualist movement in the late 19th century United States is when the communication with the invisible realms really kicked off in the post-industrial West. Emanuel Swedenborg, Helena Blavatsky, you know these names by now, they were integral to introducing the ancient practices of mediumship to a modern audience. And they didn't just focus on speaking to dead people. These spiritualists were all for making contact with angels, ascended masters, as in human beings who had undergone some kind of post-life initiation where they ascended to a kind of spiritual singularity, and with all manner of other spiritual entities too. That's why present-day subscribers often hold their own unique take on what and who spirit guides actually are. As a belief system, 
there is a lot of wiggle room. Which is great if you like your cosmology a la carte, which, let's be honest, most New Agers do. And since the dawning of spiritualism, people have been taking comfort from their belief in their spirit guides for different aims and purposes. Bill Wilson, the co-founder of AA, wrote in the 1940s that he felt spirits were helping him while he was working on his book, The Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, and in particular, a 15th century monk named Boniface. And in the early 70s, Jane Roberts began channeling a spirit entity called Seth and published several volumes of his teachings to an increasingly curious New Age audience, keen to use DIY spirituality as a tool for living a more holistic and therapeutic life. And then in the 1980s, Jay-Z Knight further popularized channeling with spirit guides through her public dialogues with Ramtha, a 35,000-year-old warrior deity. Ever since then, it's pretty much been game on, with channelers and mediums but a click away, ready to introduce you to your unique spirit guides and to their messages. It's easy to see the appeal, right? To believe in spirit guides is to believe that no matter what happens in your life, you are divinely protected. But why would these disembodied spirits take such an interest in one mortal person? And how does it even work? Are our spirit guides constantly spying on us, like Santa Claus? Are they just people talking to themselves? Are they all of the above? And what does a belief in spirit guides bring to one's life? And can anyone meet their spirit guides? I have so many questions. Thankfully, we have the perfect guest to answer them. And I don't just have her experience and wisdom to learn from either. Asia Dashaw is the spirit guide coach, a medium, past life regression integrator, and the founder of the Spirit House Collective, an LA and Brooklyn-based workshop and event space for the spiritually curious. Asia also has an associated network of spiritual practitioners and an online store offering healing tools. And as you may have guessed, Asia's appearance on this podcast today is special because she is going to generously channel messages from her spirit guides for us live in the studio. Her technique for doing this involves the repetition of certain words and phrases, often whispered with her eyes closed. So fair warning, this interview will make you feel some type of way. So get comfortable before listening and know that no sounds that you're about to hear have been edited for effect. Asia, so nice to have you here to talk about spirit guides. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. <laughs> okay, so like we're going to just start with the very basics. Yes. Spirit guides. I know it's probably very different depending on who I ask, but what are they to you? I First of all, I love that you said it's probably very different depending on who you ask because that's true. I, I definitely have um, spoke to different mediums and mystics who have slightly varying definitions of what spirit guides are. So my own definition is that spirit guides are um, – it's energy. They can appear to be male, female, both sexes, genderless. But it's really energy uh, of souls that we've connected to throughout lifetimes that we have basically made an agreement with before we are incarnated on this plane to help us fulfill whatever our mission is in this lifetime. Goals, dreams – uh, growth that needs to take place and they're purely here to be at our side and basically be our best friends mm. yeah that's so comforting <laughs> it's very comforting 
So how much do you think that talking about how their energy and they're interpreted differently, how much do you think that our understanding of spirit guides are informed by our pre-existing beliefs, like what we already know? Oh, that's such an interesting question. Hmm. I think, oh, wow, I've never thought of that. I think that our own patterns and belief systems probably connect or affect the spirit guides, I think, in terms of, for me anyway, in terms of visuals, the way they are perceived. I think that my experience with definitely, uh, I know two of my main spirit guides are men, um, and and the way I view them, I think definitely, in part at least, I think is connected to my childhood, my relationships with men in the past, and my perceptions of them, and my perception of patterns that I've grown up with feeling that to be strong, that is traditionally a male energy. But I also feel that through my own spiritual growth, and I think that as you begin to know your guides more and more, and your perception of self begins to change, that those things, those patterns that are connected to your perception to spirit guides can grow and change as well. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I kind of see that in like my own personal wrestling with this stuff, Mm. because it's evolved so much and it continues to and it's Mm. just it's not really linear you know not at all Mm. and it feels like so much of it is um for me anyway based on a certain relationship to like superstition in how I visualize you know you know what I mean I agree also I'll say that I'm a natural skeptic uh I don't believe something unless it's happened to me Mm-hmm. which is hilarious considering, you know, all of the work I do. But definitely in the beginning of my journey of spirit guides, I would test them a lot. You know, I would think I was tricking them, you know, it, will this thing happen tomorrow? Or if I quit my job, will uh, will I fall on my face? Or I would try to get really specific about dates and times with them. And they were very patient with me, letting me know that, you know, the information they were giving me was accurate and, uh, and however long... I needed to go about this game with them. They would be there to help provide the support and the uh, until the trust was really there. Mm, that's so interesting. So you really actively were like, I want evidence. Yes. I'm looking for like, yeah. These. Yes, yes. Or um, I would try to get information really connected to specifics about past lives or how I knew them in past lives. And they would indulge me to a certain extent, but there would come a point where they would say, or I, I think I, one time I mentioned, you know, I couldn't find, you know, such and such city when I Googled. And one of my guides was like, what do you mean Google? Like, this is not important. There are bigger things here than you finding out if you were an actress in 19, you yeah. know, <laughs> Let's talk about some real issues here. And so it, they, they did give me a little bit of a check. Do I want to just keep voyaging into how strong is my belief or do I want to commit to going down the road knowing that eventually through by walking deeper into my own practice and connecting that those questions that I had would be answered on you know in their own time mm-hmm. yeah totally so back to the like what are they question <laughs> you kind of talked about the, uh, you you use the kind of language of them as, as people mm-hmm. do you think that they're people that have you know existed on this earthly plane deceased and now their role is is to be spirit guides and do you think there's other types of spirit guides that um, maybe you know 
angels, other beings. Definitely, 100%. Uh, my my two main, main guides, uh, Monty and Charles, they definitely were connected and have lived many lives on this plane with me. But I definitely have spirits that come in and guides that are, you know, galactic. People definitely have angels that are spirit guides as well. It just really, it really depends on the person. Every person is unique. Therefore, their team is going to be unique. Some people have, you know, six or 10 spirit guides. Some people have one. It really just depends. Mm-hmm. And is, do you think that it varies as far as how the relationship with spirit guides looks over lifetimes? Are they different ones for different people? Or is it usually, if I'm explaining this well enough, that you will have the same spirit guides that stick with you for? I have never asked that question. You're asking such good questions. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm actually asking them as I'm talking to you. Um uh, yeah, I think it. I think it actually. I just heard one of them say, "Yes, sometimes you have some of the same spirit guides, and other times you don't." And there are also spirit guides that guide more than one person. You mm. know that they guide many people because time doesn't exist really. You know, it's a construct that we've created. You can be at multiple places at once. Even our, us sitting here, there are pieces of our astral bodies that are probably doing other things right now in this moment, or you know, living different existences. So that's so. It's a yes question to that. Uh, but again, it, it is based on the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting and really amazing to see you communicating in real time in this way. And I kind of wonder, I mean, I have so many questions that I want to ask you at once. <laughs> I guess the first one is, uh, what is that like um, in terms of, is it is it more of a, a audible experience of feeling emotions in the body? Um, how does it feel mm. to have that kind of intimate connection and when it comes to communicating like what you mentioned being checked a little bit before but like what are the limitations to that conversation if Mm. any well first I'll say that you know guides have personalities so um, especially guides that have lived on this planet so you're dealing with with uh, that's why they do feel they have been people so they you know there are things that they want to do and things that they don't want to do when I when I communicate with them it's basically it started out purely as clear clear audience which is you know I could hear but that's evolved into basically all, all the clairs so when I am talking to them it can kind of get confusing and that's also where the trust falls in actually as you were talking they showed me an image of you kind of like falling into to starlight. You have to completely just allow yourself to fall back and completely trust. Um, that doesn't mean your interpretation is always going to be correct. That also takes time as well. So when I'm talking to you, it's like hearing another voice kind of like in the, in the either the left or the right back part of my my brain. So there is your, your own voice when you're talking to yourself. Where you're like, oh, I'm going to, I don't know, I need to get groceries today. And then there's another voice behind that, that kind of is faint, but slowly, if you connect to it, almost like you're basically in light hypnosis or trance, you get to connect to it and it can be, become louder and you can hear it more and more through practice. Mm. So that's the voice that I try to connect to when I'm definitely in, with clients. And if someone's asking me questions that they want to answer, they'll kind of, you'll just, I'll just hear a voice pop in. And it can be confusing in the beginning. You don't know what's going on. You might think you're going crazy. I thought I was kind of going crazy. But through trial and error and creating, you know, boundaries around that, you're able to really form just like any relationship, something that's really rewarding, where there's trust, where there's give and take, and where through experience, you see the benefits of the depth of the benefits that this relationship can bring to your life. Mm, That's really nice. The scariness of the beginning stages of having these kind of gifts reveal themselves. I mean, I think that 
as someone who doesn't have that kind of relationship, I think that might be like one of the biggest reasons for people's skepticism mm. is fear mm -hmm. um, of, you know, losing one's mind. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder, like, as somebody who's been through that, like how you um, navigated your own skepticism, your own fear, mm -hmm. and like actually got to a place where there's this, you know, real like benefit to your life. Right. Well, there are a couple things of that. One, uh, my soul card, my soul tarot card is the fool. Mm -hmm. So I'm always willing to take a leap. Uh, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But my curiosity overpowered my fear. I was more curious about what was going on with me than than scared. That doesn't mean I wasn't terrified at times. I definitely was. But um, I think it also depends on uh, whether you feel this work is a calling, a hobby, or just purely an interest. I started thinking out doing this work thinking it was just something that I was curious about. Then there it came to a point where I realized it was actually a calling. When you, for anyone out there who has felt called to do something, you'll recognize the feeling of there is no turning back. There is no saying no. You just have to keep following the breadcrumbs. And, and that's what I felt. My husband definitely had many conversations with me early on where he asked me to stop, that he he doesn't he didn't believe in any of this stuff at the time, but he was scared based on the things he was seeing me go through. And uh, all I could tell him was that something incredible was happening to me and I didn't really know where it was going to go, but I needed him to trust that I would know when it had gone too far. And I think that especially in this day and age, there's so much information out there about how to, how to practice connection with beings safely, how to talk to guides or angels without feeling as though you're losing yourself. And if you feel like you're losing yourself, there's so much information there on how to support yourself through that process, through grounding or connecting with nature. And these aren't things that cost money. These are things that you can, you know, to use Google again, Google and create boundaries for yourself. Because what happens, I think, when the spirit world or the metaphysical world begin to knock on your door is that it's basically a question of, do you wanna go deeper into yourself? Do you wanna to get to know yourself on a deeper level? Do you want to grow? And if the answer is no, that's fine. You don't have to answer the call. But if the, if the answer is yes, then you have to be able to say that I'm, open, I'm opening myself up to the new in all forms, whether it's spiritual, whether it's with career, whether it's with love, because to close your door to the new is, is just to say no to, in my opinion, uh, a brighter future. Mm. It almost sounds like um, knowing yourself really well, knowing that you're in like sound body and mind, mm. and then proactively training yourself to develop this gift and to have these experiences in a way that I guess over time isn't scary. Yes, and but I but I would also add that a lot of times when these when you know an, an awakening happens or that uh, you could probably don't feel like you're in you know of sound mind you could probably mm -hmm. you either have had a traumatic event happen or your life has been kind of shaken uncontrollably like you, you're you don't know where where you stand for me it was severe depression mm -hmm. so you get to a point where um, things have changed you know that you are no longer the person that you were and you're not willing to accept the status quo anymore and that takes and that takes a lot of bravery and the great thing about that is that we're we're all capable of being psychic and we're all capable of being brave we'll be right back with asia dashore to talk more about spirit guides and how we can connect with ours but right now i'm going to tell you about the first time that i met asia so i was at a turning point in my career 
I was stressed, I was burnt out, and I was seeking answers. And I'd always felt that my maternal grandmother, who had long since passed, Lydia, was looking out for me. I wondered if the spirit guide coach, who I'd been following for ages on Instagram, could offer me some advice. Asia's presence was warm and her workspace very lush. I told her I was going to give notice to my employers that very afternoon that I was leaving. She pulled cards for me, we did a grounding and a protective meditation, and she started channeling, scribbling on a piece of paper without looking as she went. I'd never heard of anything like it, and it made me feel all tingly. Not only that, but the words she was saying on behalf of my guides were incisive and straight to the point, yet also supportive. It was really just what I needed to hear. And I realized it wasn't about whether or not I believed in spirit guides. It was that I let myself have a very emotional, real experience. It was one that truly moved me and one that literally anyone could probably benefit from. When I got home, Asia emailed me a copy of the letter that she had read out during my appointment. It was a letter that she had actually transcribed from one of my spirit guides that morning before meeting with me. She doesn't actually write these letters anymore, but I thought I would share it with you now. So here it goes. Jericho, you have a lot going on right now and we are all very concerned about your stress levels. You must make sure to take better care of yourself mentally and stop feeling as though you are in a race to some finish line. This race and everything in between, Jericho, you encompass it all. Everyone knows that one person does not a race make. Slow down, take stock of everything you've achieved and get some rest. There are plenty more adventures coming your way and we need you to be in great mental shape for all that to transpire. We love you big. Love, Gloria, your mother. So I don't know if it was my grandmother, Lydia, talking or anyone else for that matter, but in that moment, it really, really felt like it was. Okay, so I totally understand that it might feel a little scary to color your hair at home, but I've started doing it and it's amazing. Instead of going to the salon, I've started using Madison Reed's at-home hair color kits and for a fraction of the price. And their kits are infused with all kinds of ingredients that actually deeply nourish your hair. Stuff like argan oil, keratin, and ginseng root extract. So you get this super shiny, healthy looking hair color. And it's also highly convenient. They deliver it right to your door. So on your own schedule, in your own time, you can do it yourself in under an hour. So get ammonia-free, multi-dimensional hair color delivered right to your door, starting at $22 at madison-reed.com. And use my promo code BEYONDBELIEF and you'll get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. My promo code again is BEYONDBELIEF. Visit madison-reed.com now to find your perfect shade. That's madison-reed.com. Keeping your body stocked up with healthy stuff is a struggle at the best of times, let alone right now. Thankfully, Sakara can deliver fresh and healthy meals straight to your door. Sakara are all about plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals made with organic ingredients and superfoods. And all their meals are 100% plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. 
And in addition to their delicious meals, Sakara also does daily essentials like supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and to support your overall health and vitality. To boost immunity, try their best-selling daily probiotic blend or detox water drops with pure chlorophyll. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to sakara.com slash beyondbelief or enter code beyondbelief at the checkout. That's sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash beyondbelief and get 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash beyondbelief. Do you think that it takes some kind of real, you know, test or rock bottom or, you know, something of this nature to have people tap into these abilities? Or do you think that everybody at any point can do it? Are they, you know, mutually exclusive? I I think anyone at any point can do it. I just think that a lot of a catalyst for a lot of people's awakening is something deep that's shifting inside. Anyone can practice this every day. And again, you know, the quote unquote gifts or the way that you connect are going to be different. You know, maybe you feel instead of see or, or, you know, see instead of hear. Or maybe you simply find peace from the meditative practices and the knowledge that you feel has come from pulling cards. It's a very wide range of possibilities. Just it doesn't take a traumatic event for this to happen. I just think it really takes a desire to go beyond perhaps social norms. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I do feel like you know in the stories that I hear and people's experiences, there's there is like so often a breakthrough or a breakdown. You know, depending on your perspective, Mm -hmm. moment Mm -hmm. in someone's life that um, gets them either in a more exploratory mm-hmm. frame of mind or mm-hmm. at least interested in this stuff at all. Yeah. Do you think that there's like, because I, I question my own like interest in these things a lot because I think how much of it is, um, you know, a, a deeply felt thing or a curiosity thing or just a real need, like a, a need as like a person who has been through a lot of trauma, Yeah. you know, a, a need because there's something that I need. I need the comfort, the fulfillment, you know, all these things. And that's a criticism of any kind of, you know, new age, uh, witchy, wellness, whatever Mm -hmm. practice in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. People would just say, oh, like they're just, you know, they're just desperate people. They need something to believe in. Um, And I just wonder what your thoughts are on that, because I think on one hand, you know, I I can see the the truth, but then it's such a a weaponized idea. Yeah. Um, I think that what we're really talking about when it comes to the metaphysical and the spiritual is about faith. And that's not just about the metaphysical or spiritual. It's about the religious. It's about relationships. Right. It's science. Exactly. It's like, what do you choose? What are you choosing to have faith in? Um, and I think that everyone should be able to have faith in something. There, I mean, there are people that are born with abilities like this that are psychic, incredibly psychic, you know, children, you know, that haven't had it necessarily a traumatic event. They've just been born this way and they have to figure it out. And that creates its own trauma. There are people that, again, go through depression or serious trauma, whether it's in high school or who knows through, you know, parental situations. And they find eventually find their way towards spiritual or they could find their way towards science or they could find their way towards, you know, Christianity. It really doesn't matter. The, I think what all of this is about, whether people believe in spirit guides or not, or is that all, all of these are lessons towards uh, finding faith in something, which ultimately is about finding faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. If it works, why question it? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know, if it helps you have faith in yourself and the path that you're on, then you're making the right choice. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that. And the idea of something greater, it's really important to me. Like I don't I don't feel like I personally care what people believe in, but if there is some kind of something greater outside of their own like ego selves, mm. amazing. Yeah. Like literally congrats. Like mm-hmm. that's it. You've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's bravo. Bravo. <laughs> um, okay, so I have so many like nitpicky questions going back to the what are they idea again. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is that um, I know so much of this is like uh, constrained by language and like how we talk about it, but why do spirit guides attach themselves to one particular person? Why do us little like mere mortals deserve these like, you know, one or more um, spiritual bodyguards in our lives? How how do you understand their role in like a greater kind of uh, belief system, I guess, if, if you okay. have that. So I'm going to go one by one. And I probably forgot three of the questions you asked. But, well, the first thing they said while you were talking is that, you know, it's not about attached. We're, it's a connection, right? So um, these, are, these are souls that we feel connected to, whether we're conscious of it or not. So that's the first thing. What was the second question you asked? I think it was just kind of like why... Why us? us? Us as human, as Why a human. Us as you, and they just said because we asked for it. Also, wait, let me ask more about that. Well, uh, so one of my guys just said, first of all, we're getting too complicated, and I said, okay. So the first thing is, is that we we are here, living these lives on this planet, because we want to, because we wish to keep learning and expand and, expand and to grow. This has always been and always will be about lessons learned. How can we? How can we work together? How can we love? How can we love each other? How can we how can we live live with each other? And the thing is, is that we've decided that we don't want previous lives to cloud the current trajectory of our current lives. So that's where spirit guides come in to help us remember without remembering, to help guide us in a way that feels that feels organic versus having like a cliff note version of what you're supposed to do. So what we're really trying to do in each life is to. Remember who we've been without taking those past lives or those past experiences for granted by the certainty of it, which is difficult for humans because we love certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that plays into faith. I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but that's what they wanted us mm-hmm. to talk about. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I love that. The certainty thing is such a huge, I mean, it's everything, isn't oh it? It's it drives like, me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just have so many questions as little people on mm-hmm. the planet. Um If people are curious about spirit guides, about cultivating a relationship with theirs, like uh, how can they begin, you know, Mm -hmm. like safely, responsibly Mm -hmm. um, going down this uh, path and feeling uh, whatever, you know, comfort or um, benefits might come from like having that as part of their lives? Yeah, I would say the first thing to do is, and I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to you know, heave a really big sigh, but it's meditation to start meditating. Because when you meditate, you're basically saying that you're opening to listening to yourself and giving yourself that time and that quiet moment. Um, Again, none of this is going to be probably new to the people listening, but you're meditating, journaling, pulling cards. Those are the first basic steps to begin getting into a groove because 
what you're trying to do when you're connecting with spirit guides, angels, anything that's not of this realm is to find yourself in a meditative trance or hypnotic state. And we go into those states all the time when you're driving in your car and you're like, oh, whoa, how did I get home? Mm. Or you're washing dishes and you're like, oh my God, the sink's empty. That's a light trance state. So you're just trying to get your body and your spirit to get used to that connection because that's when we receive information from the other side at its easiest. Um, you know, when you're pulling, you know, tarot cards and you know the cards so well that you're pulling them and you just you, you just start talking because the information's already there and you can allow yourself to transition to that space where the descriptions are no longer necessary. That's a trance state. So it's it's practice like anything. If you start doing that every day, the um, the meditation and pulling cards, I usually recommend oracle cards with really simple words because if you're specifically trying to connect to your spirit guides, you want to start a, a conversation. Um, so I, I don't want people to necessarily start thinking about what do cups mean? What do you, you know, what season is this? You know, what is the lady wearing? Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to just be looking at words and putting sentences connected to where they currently are that are connected to the words to start that back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then there's, and obviously with all of that, there's protection. So before I do any of this work and or before anyone does any of this work, I always suggest, you know, surrounding yourself with a bubble of like white light, planting your roots into the earth. And I always say, um, I wish to communicate with my spirit guides and my spirit guides alone, only spirits or entities of the highest vibration. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. And then just mm-hmm. keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be um, distracted by the busyness. Like I have people that uh, talk to me about this kind of thing and it's like, um, but how else? Like they'll ask the same question multiple ways and it's like, well, how often are you on your phone every day? Yes. You know, like that's uh, time that you could be yeah. spending in quiet. Yes, yes, mm. how else? I actually had a client this morning that said, how, who said the same thing, how else? And I'm like, this, that's enough. That's enough. That's a place to start because really what you're trying to uh, – you're trying to gauge your own commitment to that journey. Mm. And there's no pressure. If you're not feeling committed to it, that's fine. Mm. But if you really want to be able to connect to them, uh, you have to put in the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like trying to um, create a volume dial on a TV that doesn't have one. Like you've got to build it from scratch. Yeah. Okay. So I think we're pretty much at the end of our beautiful chat. But Aww. I would love to like – if I may, um, leave like the last kind of word to you and your spirit guides as to anything that like you might want to leave listeners with. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't matter. It can be about anything. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay. Freedom. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so for the people listening, I think the, the main message that I've been getting quite often from my specific spirit guides, and they're saying that it's for, Whoever's listening to this as well is that is that for everyone listening to remember that, first of all, that everything's going to be okay, that you are going to be okay, and that this is a time for great change, and that this is a time for everyone listening to catapult themselves into a position, into a position of personal power, not just, not just for, they're saying, this is not about greed, but it's personal power of intention, about what you want to be calling in for society in general, through your own individual actions for the self. So that might seem counterintuitive, but they're saying that it's not. Also, they, they'd like to tell the people that are listening that, that fear is not a construct that can hold you down unless you allow it to. So really it's about seeing fear as a cord wrapped around the body and knowing that you are holding each end of them. 
so that you have the power to actually untangle yourself from whatever, you know, whatever topic or, or construct or, or subject that you feel fear is currently tied around you. And that you also have the power to create scissors out of your own hands and cut those strings and cords away. The important thing through all of this work that we're doing right now is to realize the power of self and that all we are doing here is discussing ways that you can tap into knowledge that you already have yourself. That's the greatest gift of all to know that you are the most powerful being in the universe for yourself. That's lovely. I get chills all over when you do that. Is that normal? <laughs> I don't know, but it sounds cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Well, wasn't that interview something? After all this, I can still understand why plenty of people dismiss the idea of spirit guides. It takes a great leap of the imagination, after all. But no more than it does to believe in, say, an immaculate conception, or that one has a chance in hell of winning a $30 million Powerball jackpot. The appeal of spirit guides seems clear as day. Believing in them means you're guided, you're protected, and you're looked after, even when it feels like the cruel world is against you. Trusting in spirit guides is trusting that you're never alone, even in a devastatingly lonely world. What's the harm in feeling a little looked after by unseen forces? Is it really so bad for people to believe in something like spirit guides, in being directly connected to the sacred at all times? It seems like it's the beliefs and actions of people who feel no connection to any concepts of consciousness or to principles greater than themselves that we need to worry about. Like everything, a belief in spirit guides, whether in the form of ancestors, angels, nature spirits, and so on, is an emotional and highly personal thing. And it might be a belief that waxes and wanes according to your situation, which in itself is kind of part of the appeal. They're certainly not going to smite you for not believing. In fact, they probably couldn't care less. If mediums are to be believed, your spirit guides will always be there, hanging out regardless. If you liked this episode of Beyond Belief, do us a solid and rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. And you can send me some feedback via Instagram at Jericho, that's J-E-R-I-C-O dot Mandiver. Spirit you later. Beyond Belief is a Wonder Media Network production recorded on Tongva land and edited and produced by Liz Smith with the support of Edie Allard. Wonder Media Network is a women-led podcasting company dedicated to lifting up underrepresented voices based in New York City. A teenager wakes up from a coma. A prisoner of war comes home. A Buddhist Lama emerges after years of silent, isolated meditation. What do they all have in common? These are stories of people who have struggled with reintegrating into society. As shelter-in-place orders end, we will all emerge changed. Those who came before us can shed light on what it means to re-enter an unfamiliar world. Their situations were different, but we can apply their powerful takeaways to today. Can We All Come Out Now is a new podcast that teaches us how to cope with reintegration through the stories of those who have done it before. Subscribe to Can We All Come Out Now today, wherever you get your podcasts.